Hello everyone, I'm Maureen Murat. I am an attorney advisor in the Office of the General Counsel with the District of Columbia Department of Insurance Securities and Banking, better known as DSB. This podcast is part of a series dedicated to bringing you information about financial services that is designed to empower and inform you. The Bowser administration understands that one of the best ways to empower district residents is by sharing information that helps you improve your financial picture. This segment is entitled Introduction to Cryptocurrency and Banking, a New Frontier. You may want to take notes, so feel free to get what you need. Ready? Let's get into it. Disclaimer, before we get started, please note that this podcast is being recorded for general informational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. You should consult an attorney, a financial advisor, or tax advisor for professional advice. Additionally, the views I may express are mine alone and do not reflect the official policy or position of the Department of Insurance Securities and Banking or DC government. You are urged to do your own research. Today we are going to review some of the fundamentals of cryptocurrency and how this innovative technology is poised to impact banking as we know it. It is okay if you don't know much about cryptocurrency. We just want to help you get your feet wet on the topic. First, what is a cryptocurrency, also known as crypto? It is a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange where individual coin ownership records are stored in a ledger that is often public in a computerized database. Cryptography is used to secure transaction records, control the creation of additional coins, and to verify the transfer of coin ownership. In other words, cryptocurrencies are a digital currency in which encryption techniques are used to regulate the generation of units of currency and verify the transfers of funds, operating independently of a central bank. Now, although crypto is generally defined as a coin, It does not exist in physical form like a quarter or a dollar bill and is typically not issued by a central authority. This means that it is generally decentralized. Before I go any further, allow me to define some terms. If you haven't already, now is a great time to take a few notes. The first term I would like to define is medium of exchange. A medium of exchange is an instrument used to facilitate the sale, purchase, or trade of goods between parties. Let me ask you this, what does that sound like? Money, right? Next, let's define cryptography. Cryptography is a technique used to secure communication between intended parties, thereby not allowing outsiders or third parties to have access to the communication. Cryptography uses sophisticated mathematical equations known as algorithms and secret keys to encrypt and decrypt data. This ensures that only intended parties have access to information. Our last definition, before we take a brief pause, will be of decentralization. Decentralization is the distribution of functions and powers rather than the assignment of functions and powers to one entity or central authority. As an example, Most of the financial transactions that we engage in require that we go through an intermediary or central authority, such as a bank. The idea behind using cryptocurrencies is that a user can bypass the intermediary and transact directly with his or her peer. Now let's take a short break. 
Welcome back. Now, I would like to give you a quick overview of cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies come in the form of digital assets and can be used as a medium of exchange. Being a medium of exchange allows the user to capture value in a way that may not be possible in cash. Cryptocurrencies are built on blockchains. Blockchain technology underlies cryptos. The main characteristics of a blockchain are that it is distributed or decentralized. The activities of the blockchain are not controlled by one single source. Instead, transactions are distributed across a large number of computer networks. It is encrypted, which means decoding is required in order to gain access, thereby restricting access to unintended parties. It is public, meaning the transactions can be seen on a ledger even if the associated parties are not named. And it is immutable, more appropriately, tamper-resistant, which means that the ledger cannot be changed by any one party. The main characteristics of cryptocurrencies are that they are built on blockchains, allow capture of value of an application on a blockchain, use cryptography, and are designed to be used as a medium of exchange. Now that we know what cryptocurrencies are, where can we get them? Great question. The most popular way and arguably a very convenient way to purchase cryptos is via what is called a cryptocurrency exchange. These are online marketplaces that in many states are considered money transmitters and are regulated in some capacity. I urge you to do your own research about the best way to purchase crypto. Let's review crypto uses in a banking sense. As we said, cryptocurrencies are typically used as a medium of exchange. Some examples are peer-to-peer -peer transactions. Many of you have heard of Bitcoin, the first decentralized cryptocurrency that was released in 2009. It was created to be a means by which users could facilitate transactions from user to user without the need to go through an intermediary, for example, a bank or other type of financial institution, such as a money transmitter. Bitcoins can be exchanged for other currencies, including the US dollar, goods, products, and services. However, the value of Bitcoin is volatile because it changes from minute to minute. More than 4,000 other cryptocurrencies have been created. They are called alternative coins or altcoins for short because they came after Bitcoin. Investment and savings. The use of cryptocurrencies have evolved from relatively small peer-to-peer -peer transactions to an investment tool. Individuals, organizations, and financial institutions are now adding cryptocurrencies to their investment portfolios, much like one would add other types of investment products like stocks and bonds. Initial coin and security token offerings are a way in which startups raise funds to start, develop, or complete a cryptocurrency or blockchain-based project. The distinction between a coin or security token is that generally the tokens offered are supposed to be backed by a company's tangible assets such as equity or revenue. I am not recommending purchasing or investing in cryptocurrency. I do want to make you aware of what is happening in this space. Again, it is important for you to do your own research and seek advice from a professional financial advisor. We've discussed a lot, I know. Let's move on. Cryptocurrencies impact on banking. 
Initially, cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin were created to be able to operate or function outside of the traditional banking system. But we have seen, based on research, the entrance of large financial institutions like JP Morgan Chase, Citibank, and PayPal. There was some pushback on recognizing cryptocurrencies as more than a digital project. Over time, however, we have noticed that traditional financial institutions are finding ways to appeal to their current and future customers by offering options to either purchase or invest in cryptocurrencies via their accounts, provide cryptocurrency custody services, or facilitate crypto transactions in some way or another, including international payments. Now, to be clear, there has not been much regulatory clarity on providing cryptocurrency services, and that has caused most financial institutions to pause before adopting digital currency as part of their service offerings. This makes sense given what we know about cryptocurrency, its volatility in many instances, and its various uses. Participation in crypto transactions may alter the ways consumers interact with banks. Face-to-face -face interactions at financial institutions have severely declined over the last couple of decades, and participation in crypto transactions may hasten this trend since they all happen online. Another way that crypto transactions may be a game changer is when it comes to payments. By establishing a decentralized ledger for payments, for example, blockchain technology could facilitate faster payments at lower fees than banks. And as for traditional clearing and settlement systems, distributed ledgers can reduce operational costs and bring users closer to real-time transactions between financial institutions. This is huge! And in addition to cryptos, banks are also looking into blockchain, the underlying technology upon which cryptos are created. Though we mainly talked about financial transactions today, blockchain technology can be used in various sectors. Before we wrap up our time together, let me repeat that this podcast is being recorded for informational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as legal advice for any individual case or situation. You should consult an attorney, a financial advisor, or tax advisor for professional advice. Additionally, the views I may express are mine alone and do not reflect the official policy or position of the Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking, or DC government. You are urged to do your own research on cryptocurrency purchases, investments, and transactions. Well, that concludes our discussion today. I hope you enjoyed the segment and learned a few things in our brief time together. For specific questions about how you can get involved in cryptocurrency or blockchain technology, please contact your bank, your legal advisor, or financial advisor. If you have general questions, feel free to contact the Department of Insurance, Securities, and Banking at 202-727-8000. We are eager to assist you. You can also visit us on the web at DISB. Dot dc.gov. Thank you for tuning in and take good care of yourself.